Cutting room combos may not be suitable for younger listeners. In addition to a language advisory, this episode contains themes that may be sensitive or triggering to some of our listeners. Uh, listener discretion is advised. Thank you. Awkward silence. That's just <laughs> save that for when <laughs> someone says a joke that's like doesn't <laughs> land. You guys might be hearing a cricket. <laughs> it's not a, a sound effect. No. It's <laughs> just my studio. <laughs> well, happy slash timber, everyone. Welcome to Cutting Room Convos. Uh, I'm Yasmin, and horror movie scores are my lullabies. <laughs> I'm Jenny, and I am starting to be recognized as somebody who likes horror movies, which is like the opposite of yeah. what I usually stood for. Yeah, man. <laughs> My process is complete. Um, <laughs> mastermind. <laughs> so, for our next episode for Slash Timber, we are going to be talking about Hush from 2016, directed by Mike Flanagan. And I did not realize this, Mike Flanagan is also the director for Oculus. So I kind of Flanagan. Yes. I feel like we've looked up that name before. We probably have. <laughs> So it's no wonder I was interested in this movie just as much as I was in Oculus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know probably a lot of maybe people are just like, this isn't technically a slasher or whatever. But when you think about it with the weapons that are used technically, I consider it in the slasher category. So um, I thought it was a good one to talk about. Uh, well, I yeah, I love this movie. And honestly, like I've only found this one on Netflix so many times. I don't think it's a Netflix film. And I've never seen it taken down. Yeah. So I, I don't even remember what got me into watching it in the first place. But I guess just from the storyline, I just thought, or the synopsis, I thought, oh, why not? Um, so, yeah, I mean, you've seen this movie with me the first time, right? Or I've seen this movie multiple times. This was probably my third, if I, if I guess. Yeah. If I had to guess. Probably, probably my fourth then, if that's the case. <laughs> um, so let's uh, go over a little summary of this movie. And luckily, this this one is kind of to the point. Uh, so going over the details shouldn't be shouldn't take too long. Um, so it starts out with cooking ASMR. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we get introduced to the main character named Maddie and her cat named Bitch. I love um, that so much. I want a cat named Bitch. I know, right? It's the best. Um, and then we notice that Maddie is, uh, deaf and she is also mute. Mm -hmm. Um, eventually, uh, after her cooking, they show like her little author description, because she is an author, of how she became deaf and mute due to meningitis in her teens. Mm -hmm. So, um. And that's why you get your kids vaccinated. Yes. (laughs) If you don't like that comment, leave my podcast. (laughs) <laughs> well, that was... I'm ready to throw hands. I'm so sorry. It's virtual <laughs> season. <laughs> and it's also slasher season, so let's keep knives away from you. Um, <laughs> so, um, in the midst of Maddie cooking, uh, her neighbor... Uh, I forgot her name. I wrote it down somewhere. But her neighbor texts her saying that she's coming by and wants to talk to her about the book that mm-hmm. Maddie recently published. Um and so we know that she is a struggling author. Uh, so they're talking about it for a while outside until... Sarah. Sarah. that That's her name. Sarah, the neighbor. Um, until uh, Sarah points out that there's something smoking inside the house. Okay. And uh, there's a, you know, a little alarm flashing. Little, right. anything but little alarm. Yeah, it was like strobe lighting in there, the entire kitchen. Uh, and it turns out that Maddie had burned her dinner. Um, so then, uh, she says her goodbyes to Sarah and then she, we notice like a little side story sort of thing here where she's avoiding this guy named Craig. She keeps like going back to his contact and debating whether to call him or text him back. Right. And she decides to press call and then hang up right away. And now bad. uh, Right. Why would you do that? So she does it again, (laughs) which is worse. And, and avoids him now, like, every time he's calling back, and it's like, ugh, Maddie, what are you doing? Um, 
So as Maddie's just cleaning up in the kitchen, you know, throwing away her dinner and eating leftovers and or whatever, um, she does not realize that Sarah is being attacked. And Sarah is like banging at her back door, like to let her in and Please notice me or something, she's saying. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh God. No. Sorry, she's dead. <laughs> so then uh we end up seeing that she gets uh an arrow shot at her mm -hmm. and the shooter of the arrow comes up behind her. We see that he's a masked guy and he's stabbing Sarah way too many times for me to just be like, if, if it was enjoyable or not. I don't know. It was just. He... That's the thing. <clears throat> you know how I remember? <laughs> um, the act of stabbing is like a sexual sadist release. Oh my Because, God. and I know this, and you guys can be mad at me if you want, but criminal minds. <laughs> Oh, no. Reed told me that, okay? Me, personally, he wrote me a lot. I'm just kidding. But yeah, in Criminal Minds, Reed always says that the people who stab, it's like, sometimes they get, like, a sexual release from it. Or at least the same chemicals in your brain that happen when you do. I hope he didn't mess up his pants. Um, <laughs> gross. Um, so, yeah, as he's, you know, stabbing the living shit out of Sarah, he notices that Maddie is not noticing anything, and he's like, huh. Well, that's strange. I want to see more about this girl and, you know, sicko. Um, so then, um, after that, while Maddie's just minding her own business, she's FaceTiming her sister, you know, and they're talking about how she, how Maddie decided to like move away from the city and things like that and being single, that sort of life. Yeah. Like, don't call him. <laughs> right. And then the phone call kind of ended after, uh, what was it? Maddie's sister said, like, oh, who's that behind you? Behind you. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and Maddie is doing, of course, oh, that's probably bitch. Probably my cat. Um, so, yeah, then they end the call. And little does she know, Maddie, she she left her, um, one of her doors open or unlocked. Because, you know, when you're living out in the middle of nowhere, like, you feel free to leave your windows open for some reason and unlock your doors and assume that no one will go in the house. Well, big mistake, because then the masked man sneaks. Well, he doesn't have to sneak inside. <laughs> he just opens the door casually. He's like tapping his knife against his chest or something to try to just get her attention. She, she doesn't notice because she's deaf mm -hmm. um, and takes her phone. Mm -hmm. um, and so then as he's taking her phone, he's sending her like pictures of her that, that like he just took yeah and, and then she has a you know an apple product so you can see it on your, your macbook macbook right so she's getting random texts from her own phone and she's like what the fuck uh getting creeped out mm -hmm. um so then uh maddie attempts to uh i guess barricade the house and communicate uh while the the masked man uh cuts off the power but they his, he's casted as the man in, in the movie, by the way. Like, it, that's how it's titled in IMDb. Ew. I know, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, then the, the man, whatever, when he, like, sees Manny for the first time, like, he's, you know, making sure, like, like, can you at least read my lips and things like that. And he's mm -hmm. just proclaiming that he's just... Oh, that's just... when he takes his mask off, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Because Maddie was, like, you know, coming up with that whole story, like, my boyfriend's coming home any minute sort of thing. And yeah. I, I won't tell the cops oh, I yeah. saw you or something. He's like, can you read my lips? <laughs> <laughs> like, barely moving his fucking mouth. And she's like, yeah. Which is funny because we just watched Only Murders in the Building and one of the characters is deaf. Oh my god, and that's right. Selena Gomez's character is like, can you read lips? And he's like, no, only like a third of them. Only oh. a third of the information you're saying is getting through to me. She's like, wow, it happens a lot more in movies. He's like, yeah, well, not a lot of deaf people make movies. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that is true. Um, so, yes, then the man proclaims his torture for Maddie, um, saying that he will just, you know, torture her until she wishes that he would kill her. Um... So then from that point on, Maddie's just on guard the whole time while the man is trying to find a way to get into the house, basically. Um, so then uh, when Maddie barricades herself in her bedroom, she discovers that Sarah is dead. But the way that she discovered that was horrible because there's like this tapping 
at her bedroom window. She slowly looks over and sees that the man is like basically being Sarah's puppet, like for her corpse. Oh, yeah. Tapping at the window. And, you know, Maddie's just freaking out. She's getting out of the room. And so she's trying to find a way out. So then she remembers uh, Sarah having a phone in her back pocket. So she attempts to go and get it uh, by distracting the man with the car alarm. And, of course, you know, when she's very close to getting the phone, the man appears out of nowhere out of the corner. And he's rushing over to her. And it's like, get the fuck back inside. (laughs) So that happened. And um, he was almost able to get the window open until Maddie found her hammer and... Mm -hmm hit him with it from the the back side of the hammer, which was really cool. Um, I have no problems. Um, So so then um, Maddie's um, first attempt is to escape through the patio door, Um, but then she ends up being forced to retreat, and I think it was because she was getting... uh, She almost got shot at with the arrow again. Yeah. Uh, So she had to run back inside. Um, And then there was her second escape attempt that happened, uh, where she was on the roof and she threw like this, uh, this strobe light thing, like mm. into deep into oh, the yeah, forest. Flashlight. flashlight. It wasn't a strobe light. What was it? It was just a flashlight, but when she whipped it through the air, it was like turning. Oh, it looked like a strobe light. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm wrong. Um, so as. Or maybe it had a strobing feature. You know, some flashlights do have an SOS feature. Oh, true. Um, so then when she attempted to distract the man again, mm-hmm. uh, she climbs. Up onto her roof uh, to get to... That was so suspenseful. Oh my god, I hated that. And then there was no music in that background either. Even when she got shot in the leg with another arrow by the man. Again, of course. Um, So, uh, as you know, she was now limping up to the roof. um, The man was climbing up after her. But then she managed to fight him off and then steal his uh, crossbow. Crossbow, yeah. Right. Very Daryl Dixon of him. (laughs) So then she ended up uh, pushing him down and she ended up um, uh, going back uh, into the upstairs window. And that damn cricket. Oh, that's a freaking throw crossbow at the cricket. It's so good. So then she retreated again back into the house, escaped attempt number two, failed. Um, so then Maddie had to tend to her wound, and then she tries to learn how to work the crossbow. Mm-hmm. And the man was watching her the whole time, like, struggling. I was like, not so easy, is it? <laughs> um, so then he's just, like, waiting for her, I guess. And at this point, we get introduced to John, who was the neighbor Sarah's boyfriend, apparently. Boyfriend? Um, boyfriend, he said. Or, well, he said, my girlfriend, Sarah. Oh, really? I know. You would think oh, they'd be they married. married. Right? Like, I don't know. Guess he wasn't ready. Um, so we get introduced to John and the man notices John approaching the house and seeing uh, Maddie, you know, writing on the patio door saying, oh, my boyfriend will be home any minute. Things like that. So he's... He's a football player. He's a football player. He's big. He's big and he plays football. And he plays football. <laughs> he's going to... Kick the shit Thank out of you. you. I was going to say beat the shit out of you. And I was like, that sounds way too modern. I'm pretty sure it's not beat the shit out of you. Is it? He's going to kick the shit out of you? How He's does that kick even the make shit. sense? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> no <Sorry>. idea. <laughs> so the man approaches John by impersonating a cop. Mm-hmm. And this whole time, John just thinks that the man is like just a little suspicious. You know, he's saying, oh, I'm a deputy. Oh, the man uh, that was here knocked me down. And... Yeah, he's like, why didn't you call for backup? Right, like... <laughs> Which is good, like, John's not stupid. Not at all. Like, he, he's already on to this guy. And uh, the man is trying to make conversation or whatever, trying to stall or something. Um, but then, uh, later on, John is thinking about trying to kill this man. Um, until Maddie comes in out of nowhere, banging on the patio doors, causing so a distraction. I'm at her for that. Like... I know she was trying to warn him, but she distracted him for a split second that caused him to get stabbed in the neck. Uh, Maddie, come on. I'm not even mad at John for this situation. Um, so he tries to uh, attack the man after he was getting stabbed, trying to put him in a chokehold, but he lost too much blood and just wasn't able to finish the job. 
Yeah, and the, you know, the man um, also said, like, there was no way I would have beat you without having an upper hand. Yeah, so he yeah. knew that he was, you know, that he needed to take down John. For real. Um, so then, at this point, Maddie was like, oh my god, no, the people around me are dead, any chance of anyone helping me is gone. Um, so then, we hear this repeat of overlapping voices. And we learned earlier in the movie that that was Maddie's uh, inner voices. And she's trying to figure out multiple endings. I probably should have mentioned this in the beginning of the summary. She was struggling writing another book. And she had at least seven different alternate endings. And she was not liking any of them. Yeah, she, foreshadowing. Right? I thought that was really good. And um, so she was figuring out multiple options uh, either escaping, hiding and bleeding out, or trying to kill him. That was the option that she had left, and that's what she was going to go with. Oh, I forgot about the part where she got, like, really pissed off, and she w she managed to shoot the crossbow at the mm -hmm. man mm -hmm. when he was about to kill her cat. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I feel like that's not the first cat that he threatened that one. That is true, though. Um, but yeah, she went all mama bear for bitch. Uh, she shot the man, but then she, what was it that she, uh, was reaching for outside the of the last arrow last the crossbow? Arrow. Yes. And then the man w was able to close the door on Maddie's yeah. arm and break the living hell out of her hand. Oh my God. Disgusting. Oh. So crunchy. So painful. And what, what was it that uh, she she said? No, he said, I'm going to fucking kill you. And then she <laughs> she went into her wound, got some of her blood on her finger, and wrote, do it, on the glass. Coward. I was like, she is fucking pissed off. She doesn't give a shit what happens to her anymore. <laughs> Which I thought was awesome. So then at that point, he's attempting to break into the house through the patio door. And Maddie was typing out in her MacBook the description of the man, you know, his tattoo, he had a mask and, and things like that. And then like a, a little note to her parents and mm -hmm. sister, like, oh, you know, I, I love you. I know that I died fighting. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, that's fucking brave. Um, so then the man wasn't able to break the glass in the patio dorm. Um, let me see. Yeah, that was also that was like kind of suspenseful, but in a weird kind of way, because... He wasn't, like, he was trying to break it the whole time, and the whole time I was like, oh my god, it's gonna break. And it never did. Right? It was kind of like a womp womp sort of moment. <laughs> um, and then, um, Maddie goes upstairs in the bathroom, and she's like, she's kind of like waiting, just waiting facing the bathroom door. But she also has a bathroom window behind her. Yeah. And we see the view of her facing us. But then the trinkling of like broken glass so falling pretty, down. Actually, it was like glitter. It kind of was. <laughs> but then we're thinking like, oh shit, he's breaking in from upstairs, and she can't hear a thing. So then, what was it that he said? Like, you know, if if I stab you in just the right spot, I'll make you scream. Mm -hmm. And he he let out a breath of laugh, and she felt that in the back of her neck. <sighs> And in that moment when he was about to strike at her, you see her flip the direction of the knife in her hand in one swoop. She turns around, bam, gets him. <laughs> where? Right in the thigh, right? I believe so. Which is exactly where he shot her. Yeah, fucking poetry. Um, so yeah, then she manages to go downstairs, but keep in mind, she is bleeding out. So she's like, you know, getting dizzy at this point, yeah. you know, disoriented. She ends up in the kitchen and she's sitting by like the kitchen cabinets. And the, the man approaches her and says, like, oh, you fucking cunt. And he starts walking towards her. And she gets him out of nowhere with a can of wasp killer. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, yes, resource. Like, There's a fucking pest in my house. <laughs> I, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. And then she used the um, the fire alarm, the, that little smoke alarm with the... Oh, yeah really loud noise and, really and the bright light. light. So she takes away his hearing and his sight. Oh, yes. I love that. 
But then at some point, the man ends up getting her in a chokehold. And that moment becomes really dramatic because you hear like the heartbeat slowing down as she's seeing her life flash before her eyes. And then all of a sudden, she's able to reach finally for the corkscrew that was next to her. And she, bam, just stabbed him right through the throat. Like, um, uh, Sam Carpenter style. Disgusting. <laughs> so, and you pointed it out, like, you saw the end of the corkscrew on the other side of his neck. I never mm-hmm. noticed that. That was Which wonderful. Which is very Wes, Wes's death style. Oh my god, you're right, it is. Rest in peace, Wes. Um, so, she ended up getting him. And then uh, she dialed 911 for the police, just left the phone on. She was able to catch her breath. And then she I just she died. I, I know, right? You would think. But um, then she ends up just sitting on her front porch with bitch. And then you hear the police sirens coming in. And she oddly seems to feel at peace. Blackout. That's the end. Nice. Where have I seen that lady before? Um, One of the uh, haunting... Oh, thank you. Netflix yes. shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but probably both of them. I think she's in both Haunting of Hill House and Black Manor. She probably is. I wouldn't be surprised. They recycle their cast like American Horror Story, right? They do. How come they haven't come out with a new one? What the heck? I know, right? I feel like those are more intricate storylines compared to American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. So it probably takes a lot of time. Well, you know. Um, on to effects. Um, effects. So- no, no. Um, FX. FX. Ooh, what? <laughs> FX. Wait, that's probably copyrighted. It probably is. <laughs> um, so, got a few of the visuals here that I thought were noteworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, the lighting, first off. I know that most of the movie was, you know, where the power was cut out and it was dark. But at least where um, it was made useful in certain uh, parts of the movie. Um, what I really liked was um, the use of Maddie's flashlight on her message that she wrote on her patio door while the power was out. Mm-hmm. It's like, it just made that message very clear, you yeah. know? And and I don't know, may- maybe I'm reaching here, but it kind of seemed to represent, like, her character, the light itself, you know? Aww. If that makes sense? I don't know. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, and then also for lighting, the uh, that fire alarm light during the final act, like, at some point, it was like we were getting that fire alarm stuff in our faces mm-hmm. uh like the point of view of the um the man i guess you can say it's like the strobing lights just flashing at you it almost got you kind of dizzy <laughs> um there was also lighting well i always like to mention um and i mentioned in the nightmare on street one that like nighttime is really hard to make genuine you know what i mean Yes. Like, sometimes, like, you're pretending it's moonlight, but it's too bright or whatever. And, like, this is filmed mostly at night, right? Or it, most of the movie is it looks in like the evening it. slash through the night, basically, because it's morning time when she gets the cops, right? Oh, very early morning, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'd be like, bro, let me sleep a little bit, and then we'll get back to it, okay? Right? It's a long fucking <laughs> yeah, night. Yeah, I think it was well done to how they played into that with the lights. Yeah. I liked it. Um, and then another visual was the camera focus. Um, again, I probably went into detail about this in the summary, the part where Maddie was waiting for the man to come at her in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And it was like just a focus zoom on Maddie while she was in front of the bathtub, I think, right? And you see like um, faded broken glass cascading yeah. in the background. Like it... it was really pretty. <laughs> yeah, it was really pretty. And wasn't that scene already, like, getting a little blurry and, like, soft focus because she was losing blood and we were getting, like, her point of view? Oh, you write about that. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. And <laughs> Oh, yeah, that, that would be also the first-person view with uh, Manny's blurred vision as she is losing blood. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all I have for visuals. You have any? Mm. <laughs> No, they did They did have a lot of angles, though. Yeah. When she was on the roof and when she was underneath the balcony, I think were also memorable camera points of views because, like, we were looking up when she was underneath the balcony thing. Not the balcony. What the heck is it called? Uh, the, the porch? Yeah, when she was under the porch, wow. we were, like, looking up into, like, the floorboards, basically, and, like, seeing the light come through it and the shadow of his feet. 
Oh, that's I right. thought that was a good camera angle. Yes. Um, and then the same thing when she was climbing on the roof, like, I feel, and I might be making this up in my brain, but didn't she, like, look down at some point and we saw how high up she was? Oh. Or, like, she looked at the guy and we saw how high, how far up she was? It might have been. Maybe just one point. Hmm. And I forgot to mention in the summary, too, about her first escape attempt where she was hiding under the porch. And in order to watch, to keep an eye on where the man was walking, she had to, like, silence her breathing. And then she felt underneath the porch, like, by putting her hand under to feel the vibrations of his yeah. steps. Like, that was really useful. I it thought was it was very cool. legendary earthbender top. <laughs> oh, my God, top. <laughs> Love it. Um, so then on to audio. Um, there was first person in this one, of course, as well. Not in a view, obviously. But um, the overlapping voices in Maddie's head um, as she's going over the endings for her book. And as she's going over the uh, endings uh, in escaping or fighting off this uh, man trying to, you know, kill her. Um, and then, of course, there was the, um, what was it, when um, Maddie was cooking in the beginning, you initially hear the ASMR cooking, and that's what we hear, and then it sort of fades out into, like, a silence, and we kind of get the idea there that Maddie's not hearing her cooking or any sizzling or whatever it is. Um, and, and that's the sound fade out, which I, I thought was really cool. Um and then the use of silence, of course, uh, with Maddie hiding under that porch again, like, usually that is a suspenseful moment where you would just hear, like, maybe re just, like, slow-moving music that's, like, strings or something, but no music mm -hmm. for this. Like, for any of the scares, even, it, especially, like I said, when Maddie got shot, usually at that moment you would hear, like, Maybe it's just a drop of the bass or something. Mm -hmm. But instead, it was just utter silence. And then you see Maddie's reaction where she opens her mouth and it looks like she'd be screaming, but she's also mute. So she, you wouldn't hear any sounds coming from her. But you still felt that pain. Oh, yeah. You still felt the shock. So, like, I thought that was really cool. Um, and then I liked... I mean, this, this is a bad moment in the movie, but I liked... The slowing heartbeat has, it was corresponding with flashes of Maddie's life. So as each heartbeat was going slower and slower, you saw a different picture from Maddie's life, like mm -hmm. a, a childhood photo with her sister or a picture with Maddie and her mom, things like that. It was just like, oh my God, we're losing her, you know, mm -hmm. like, please stay with us, Maddie. Nice touch. Right? I, I liked it. it. It gave a, a little more in-depth story about Maddie that I initially didn't think we needed. Mm -hmm. But it was cool. There's no cricket. The cricket shut up. Finally. Well, was that because we were talking about the audio? Thanks, <laughs> man. Thanks. It just becomes background noise at some point. And, like, I feel bad because <laughs> because I work, I work from home some days. And, like, if I go on a meeting, I know they can hear that damn cricket. Oh, man. Um, well, maybe, maybe it's can... lucky. I don't know. <laughs> Dizzy okay. reference. Well, no audio, including the cricket. We'll move on. <laughs> on to scares. Um, so no fake scares really in this movie that I can recall. Um, so I can just skip. Doesn't to... bitch scare her? No. Oh, really? Nah, she's just sneaky like that, and Maddie's just like, oh, hey, little white suits. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, so on to jump scares, there were a couple, um, such as Sarah just suddenly slamming into Maddie's back door for help. <gasps> yeah. Like you just saw a shot of just the back door on the side and all of a sudden she appears right there, just banging loudly on the doors. It, it scared me. We were doing the summary, <laughs> not to go back all the way to the first part of this podcast, but the guy got in because the door was unlocked. Yeah. But Sarah couldn't get in? Hold up. So when did she unlock the door? Did she try to feed bitch or something? When did oh, she feed bitch? She was calling for, for bitch, yeah, with the food, and she opened the door and looked okay. outside. I forgot about that. Yeah, okay, because I was, like, <laughs> thinking, like, okay, how 
Like, if Sarah would have gotten into the house, it would have been a very different movie. It would have been, like, two powerful, you know, bitches against one disgusting ass <laughs> fucking Pete Davidson looking ass motherfucker. Ew. Oh, God. You're right, though. That would have been a very different movie. I would have liked to have seen how that would have gone. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, and then another example of the jump scares uh, was the man's appearance out of the corner of the house. Usually, I, okay. Yeah, I know. Usually with jump scares, it's like an up close view, uh, towards the screen, I guess you could say. But it, instead, it was just like a large view of like the backside of the house while Maddie's struggling to get Sarah's phone from her corpse. And then as she's struggling, you see the man just suddenly run back in just from the corner and he stops in and he looks, he sees Maddie suddenly outside and he goes after her and you're just like, oh shit, there he is. Go back inside, <laughs> you know, out of nowhere. <laughs> so I thought that was a good jump scare. Um, and then for suspense scares, I, you know, I didn't put this down actually, but the entire fucking movie, um, <laughs> I think that's worth noting. It's, it's been very suspenseful the entire time. Um, but probably, um, most notable ones, uh, that I can recall were when Maddie was in her bedroom with, uh, the hammer, the tapping of her bedroom window. And she, you could see the look on her face, like wide eyed, shocked and not wanting to turn around to see what was tapping on her window. Um, so like I fell for her on that. Um, and then all of Maddie's retreats going back into the house, like from hiding under the porch and then trying to sneak out, running into the woods, getting shot. Oh shit, run back inside. Or jumping on the roof and, you know, trying to get back in through the uh, bathroom window upstairs. You know, it was the whole movie. It had a lot of suspense in this one that, again, kept you at the edge of, the, of your seat. So those are all the scares that I got. <laughs> oh, wow. Sorry, I just opened to see if I had any notes and i actually have quite a bit of notes still yeah. oh sure completely because we watched this like a week ago a little more than a week ago <laughs> yeah so hold on let's hmm? we're talking about scares right now oh feels very feels very like rabbit and fox when he's stalking outside her house oh yeah like in the beginning um and that kind of builds it up too because he's like looking around for every entrance and she's like running window to window trying to find like where is he going to come in from like let me lock everything my god and i i don't know if that fits in with scares but that's what it felt like like um predator and prey it, yeah it does absolutely because like you just feel anxious watching that the whole time you're you're rooting for that rabbit you know <laughs> hmm. <laughs> i have a note that just says crunchy fingers which we oh. talked about so i'm gonna oh. delete that no thanks oh god <laughs> that that is that is definitely scary that is for sure i got tropes on it uh so i got Girl, you know i dropped that thing every time you say it. i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> oh god i actually i really love that one <laughs> um so i got a fair amount of both alive and killed tropes uh, so we'll start out with the alive ones. Um, of course, a struggling writer or artist who finds their story after a horrible experience. I'm sorry, Ma Maddie's experience was horrible indeed, but it kind of got a little bit typical in the end. <laughs> Just saying. Um, next one, behind you. Behind Because, I mean, not only was Maddie's sister like, who who is that, like, behind you? Yeah. The whole time, like, after that that FaceTime call and the killer was, you know, tapping his knife against the chest. We were just like, girl, behind you, <laughs> do something. Um, so yeah, enough said. Um, and then there's the trope of the playful killer. Hello, Stu Mocker. Mm -hmm. um, dare I even say hello, Amber from Scream 5. Um, you it, really starting to like her after you watch that movie like 1700 times. I, I don't know anymore. I don't know what's come over me. Um, we'll so, touch on that in the next episode. Great. <laughs> Let's unpack that later, shall we? Oh, God. <laughs> um, so, like, an example of, you know, this man being the playful killer. You know, he was using Sarah's corpse as a puppet, you know, and he was, you know, petting 
bitch and then like, trying to kill her and things like that. You know, he's he's just very... And, and then impersonating the cop in front of John. He was just having too much fun yeah, overall. He loved the chase. I wrote that down with on my notes with like his weapon of choice, too. Oh. It's a slow-loading weapon. He's not there for, like, you know, one and done. He's there for the hunt. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And that's probably what makes him play with his food. Ugh. Gross. I, know, I hate him so much. <laughs> Man. Oh, God. And then another life trope is death by distraction, also known as don't be a hero. Um, so once John was about to knock the man out with a rock, Maddie gets his attention by banging on the patio door, and then he gets stabbed in the neck. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, shit, you know, he was trying to be the hero, but then he gets distracted, and that sucks. It always happens. Um, and then one more live trope that I have is protecting your fur baby. Oh, yeah. Maddie sure as hell protected her cat, man. The man got shot before he could kill bitch. And then he became a little bitch. <laughs> so. Would you save Paco? I would. I, <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would guard him with my life. Uh, I feel yes. like he'd give us away totally, though. He probably would. <laughs> <laughs> he'd sell our souls for a fucking penny. <laughs> He's like a real-life Scooby-Doo, though, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> That was a bad impersonation. I have um, a trope <laughs> slash pattern that I want to mention, I guess. Yeah. Um, I love opening scenes where they're just doing something so mundane, like cooking or making something. Oh. Very Dexter. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. Oh. And then I have a note here. It's Dexter a slasher, but we don't need to go on to a segue. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Come on. We all know. Um, so that's all the alive tropes that we got there. Next, we got the kill tropes, or the dead tropes. Mm -hmm. um, and in case nobody knows what that is, that is where you see a typical trope that is uh, portrayed differently in the movie that you're watching. So that's what we're doing here. Um, like investigating something strange. Usually you get killed for that. But um, Maddie, when she was, you know, shaking the cat's food and she was just opening the patio door to find where bitch was, she didn't venture out at all, like, to go and find the cat. She was just like, oh, yeah, she'll just come back mm -hmm. and just closes the door, leaves it at that. And Maddie survived. So um, there is also the trope of the camera following the character around the house. We've seen that in numerous movies, like mm -hmm. The Conjuring mm -hmm. Universe. Um, but um, what was it? Oh, but... The killer in this movie was actually following Maddie kind of through the windows instead, like using Maddie's phone to take pictures of her. He was kind of following her outside of the house, if that yeah. makes sense, I guess. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even know what to call this trope, but I just quoted, let's see who's behind the mask, Scoob. Um, <laughs> because... Usually in the end of a Scooby-Doo episode, you don't find out who this monster is until you take off the mask in the very yeah, end of the episode. Spiratu. That's <laughs> Yeah. Just kidding. That's Spongebob. <laughs> How um, can I tie Shrek into this? Oh, no. Just kidding. <laughs> so, instead of waiting until the end of the movie to find out who is behind the mask, the man just right away takes off his mask in the very beginning. Uh, when Maddie said, uh, I won't tell the police that I remember your face or whatever. And then he's just like, okay, bet. I'm going to show you my face. I don't mm -hmm. care. I have a note. Mask to hide my identity. Not like I have a whole ass tattoo on my neck. So what the fuck was the point of the mask in the beginning? Hello. Did it just make him feel cool? <laughs> right? Like was cool, edgy boy? Who's an edgy boy? <laughs> you an edgy boy. Damn. Um... <laughs> Um, and then another kill trope, I guess, is, um, well, usually you would know what the protagonist is doing, but you kind of see both sides of the situation in this movie. Mm -hmm. So, like, for Maddie, for instance, you see her escape attempts and the multiple endings that are going through her head. And then the man, you see him, like, sneaking into Maddie's house, and then you see him trying to deal with John and killing him. You know, you kind of see both sides of this. I, So I, I thought that was pretty interesting. 
I was like watching the page of your notes run out and I'm just like staring at it. I'm so sorry. I should have scrolled earlier. Continue. That's okay. Um, and then, oh, I, okay. I mentioned this already. Uh, the trope where suspenseful music is used in like a sneak scene or whatever, when a protagonist is just trying to sneak away from the killer. Yeah. Yeah. But again, Maddie was trying to sneak out of the house, but there was no background music when she was on the roof, no background music when she was under the porch or out in the woods. You know, silence. You're hearing what she's hearing. Yeah. And it's scary. Yeah. So I, I thought that was awesome. <laughs> so I thought I would mention Maddie as uh, final girl material. Um, and at first I want to go over the qualities or my rules, I guess you can say, as a final girl. Number one, no sexual drama. Mm-hmm. Number two, uh, making use of her environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, Thinking about her own survival. Number four, finding her defense weapon, her her signature weapon, I guess you can say. Um, and number five, uh, being aware of her surroundings. And then um, I added a new sort of quality, and I hope this makes sense, um, where you have nothing left to lose, like that kind of mentality, that attitude, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so for Maddie... Number one, she got no time for Greg. Like no sexual drama, no time for Craig. Right? <laughs> Did I say Craig or you Greg? Said Greg. Craig. Sorry, Craig. I don't like the name Craig. Craig is such a weird name. I'm sorry, sorry if your name is Craig. Were we both apologizing to all the Craigs of the world? We were. <laughs> Craig. I'm sorry. You should change your name. Craig. Um, <laughs> so uh, she got no time for Craig. No sexual drama there. She's mm-hmm. trying to do her own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two. Um, she uses uses stuff all around her house, um, including the fire alarm, waving that in his face, uh, using the kitchen knife uh, when she was upstairs in the bathroom, cleaning supplies, the the wasp killer, yeah. like she had those like oh, yeah, at her disposal. Hammer. Yeah, the hammer, right? Grab weapons to keep yourself safe. Yeah, I had that note too. That's very final girl for, right? Like very useful. Um. Number three, um, she goes over the multiple possibilities in her head. Like, she's thinking about her own survival. Like, either you run, you hide, you bleed out, or you kill. And I thought that was a really vivid uh, way of showing how she was thinking about her own survival. So I I really appreciated that. Um, and then number four, finding her defense weapons. She not only uses her own weapons, but she also uses the man's weapon. Oh, yeah. She learned to use the crossbow, and she had succeeded. So I, I thought that was awesome. Um, and then number five, being aware of her surroundings. It may be a bit of a loss for her because, you know, she is deaf, but she does attempt to keep an eye on the man's whereabouts and... She uses her, uh, some of her other senses, um, in order to, I guess, make herself more aware. Mm-hmm. Like when she was under the porch and feeling the vibrations of the footsteps underneath. Things like that. Um, and then as for the new quality where you have that mentality of having nothing left to lose, this woman had her home invaded, violated. Her only close friends nearby gotten killed. Her hand broken. She got shot at. She is pissed the fuck off. At this point, she, she said, do it. She almost killed bitch. <laughs> almost killed bitch. What a bitch. Exactly. Like, she has almost lost everything. And she's just like, fuck this. Yeah. You're going to come to me and I'm going to do something yeah, about do it. Do it, coward. Do <laughs> Fucking love it. Like, I think Maddie, final girl. Do you like her? Do you rank your final girls? You know what? I never have. Okay, well, rank them, and then we'll talk about it in our next next episode. Oh, shit. I got some work to do. (laughs) Okay, yeah, because I wanted to, like, ask what makes her different than other final girls? Because all the qualities that you listed, they're basically tropes for a final girl. Basically things that we've seen Mm. all final girls do. So what makes her different besides her being deaf? the mute yeah yeah i i don't know like i guess because like also a lot of the other final girls they end up having some sort of um i don't want to say a connection 
but it ends up being a sort of personal fight somehow between like other final girls and their uh respective antagonists in the case of maddie this all happened in one night and of course that happened at halloween as well but i mean in this case she succeeded in stopping her killer in one movie you know and, well, and the jason dude uh well, which i guess was the mom Oh, that also happened in one night too didn't it it did but there's there's something weird about that one <laughs> okay um but yeah and like her uh story it all happened in one night in one movie and it was a more kind of realistic sort of situation i guess where it would seem weird to have a sequel for, mm -hmm. I guess. So I don't know if that is a main difference with her from the other final girls, but yeah. it feels concluded. It feels very concluded. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would like to talk about, <laughs> why did I say it like that? <laughs> okay. Well, first let me go through my notes and then I have this little comparison slash theory that I want to touch with you on, okay? Huh? Um, so first is, I love her morbid sense of humor. She has, like, <laughs> a joke where she's like, I'm just gonna die of old age. Oh which is God. like, hmm, not after tonight, you might be thinking something different. Right. Um, and then she was talking to her sister and she says, like, I'm just gonna, or just join the circus. Remember that comment? And she, like, <laughs> pretends to hang herself, which is another morbid sense of humor type thing. Oh, and shooting, uh, that mimicking shooting herself? Yeah, exactly. And, like, I feel like that's a, a lot of millennials. <laughs> it's like a millennial thing to just be so, like, you know, whatever. Just die. <laughs> I guess I'll die. Um, Casually morbid. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I want to know, when was this movie made? Like... Uh, 2016, I believe? It, it fits so well with, like, the people that I hang out with, the people that I know, like, all my friends. Like, we have the sense of humor that Sarah and Maddie and her sister have. Oh, yeah. Like, we're... We can relate to that in a way. Relatable. So, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> then I have a note that just says... Smug ass face on this thing, like he's pleased. I hate him so much. I hate that guy. Oh my god, yeah. You gotta admit though, he was a good. He made a good character, like to hate. Oh yeah. You know? Like I couldn't stand him. <laughs> Neck wounds though. Tattoo foreshadow. Oh. <laughs> huh. I just love reading my notes sometimes because I like. <laughs> Why did I write that? But yeah, he but had, it's like, a this song. giant ass neck tattoo, and then like the way he died was, you know, R right? Like the neck. Had it? I didn't think about that. That's a thought. And I, I tried to watch since I've seen this movie before. I know he has a neck tattoo. I tried to look for what it is. Like I can't figure out what the heck that tattoo is. I always assumed it was a snake. Oh, <laughs> I'm probably and then, wrong. And then I'm like, is that just the actor who has that tattoo, or was that purposefully placed by our directors? Hmm. Exactly. So, food for thought. Definitely. Um, her house has so many openings. Gorgeous design. Super easy for killer. Oh my god. That's the one thing I hate about lots of these movies where it's a home intruder. It's like, I'm gonna leave all my curtains open. Like, oh. hell no! I live in a safe neighborhood and I'm still gonna close all my curtains. People don't need to know my business. Right. So, <laughs> I just thought her house was gorgeous. Oh yeah. Um, and it was her home turf, which brings me to my next and final note, which I had thoughts on. Uh -huh. I mentioned before how it's very predator and prey. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason I feel like it's a fox and a rabbit in that type in that type of sense is that, like, a fox has, like, impeccable hearing. Do you know what I mean? Uh -huh. And they're really, like, sneaky and smart about it. Oh. Rabbits have one home, one burrow that they're in. That they can't come out of because the fox is lurking around it mm. right so this whole movie just feels like that to me and it gives me so many um parallels to animal instinct um mm. we talked about that scene where she fucking turns around and stabs him in the thigh she feels the breath on his neck and like one thing that i know animals can feel or can sense is like the you know bodily fluids of a predator like mm. they they stay away from places that a predator peed or like 
they can smell them coming so they'll like leave the area kind of thing yeah and i think that was pretty cool nice um footstep vibrations ah animal instinct there's lots of animals that like you know they feel for vibration and they run away they fucking dash the other way because they know something's coming that's right oh my god and then she played dead Ah. she literally played possum at one point so i don't know do you have any other like thoughts that fit into the fact that this felt like a predator and a prey no i mean you hit it right on the head like that was that was really good i didn't think about like that um that perspective like that that was really cool i like it yeah he was so fucking smug about everything i hated him so much oh my god i couldn't stand him I guess that'll lead into my final thoughts. I fucking hated that guy. <laughs> I hated him so much. Oh my god! As much as I hated him, like I, I strangely never get sick of this movie. I know exactly how it ends. It seems like it would be a one-time watch, but I, I'll put it on once in a while. Yeah. And like it's it's cool. I I like watching it. It's different. Yeah. You you do have like a thing for the final girls though. I, I don't do. mean like. No, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, your horror movie genre of choice is usually slashers with final girls. It's kind of my comfort films. <laughs> <laughs> and then if it's not, it's, um, freaking Law and Order SVU lady, Olivia Benson. Oh, Margate. <laughs> similar vibes. <laughs> oh my God. You are so right. You know me so well. Well, guys, if you haven't watched this movie, it is on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I think it's like a Netflix staple. I think they just won't they ever just, take it down. Yeah, it's always there. I thought it was a Netflix movie because of it. I, I thought so, too. But it, it doesn't have the, the end symbol next to it. Um, but yeah, watch it. Because like if you haven't already, like it really gives you a different perspective on like certain scary movies, particularly slashers. Hence, Slash Timber. Um, so, <laughs> also in honor of Slash Timber, if you haven't listened to the past couple episodes that we did uh, in honor of this month, go ahead and listen to them now. They are on there forever. Um, in honor of crazy murderers who usually use knives <laughs> or finger knives. Anything sharp. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then, oh, and there's the, the cricket again. Great. So, I, I guess I should conclude it. Um, and, oh. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow us on our Twitter page at Convos Room. It is titled Cutting Room Convos Podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Cutting Room Convos. And stay in tune for Slash Timber. See you guys next time. I'm Yasmin. I'm Jenny. And I'll be right back. Combos was recorded at our home studio. All opinions are our own and we do not represent any companies mentioned. This episode was on Hush, the 2016 film directed by some guy. Oh, go look at the description notes. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Combos Room. Hope you enjoyed.